Welcome back to this Tuesday edition of Midday Live with me, Lauren Savon. Dr. Drew will be back tomorrow. We are talking about um, all of the fires and the um, un- unfortunate situation for so many people, uh, victims of the camp fire. They are Many of them are now um, looking at the possibility of homelessness. They literally have nowhere to go. They have no clothes on their back. They have nothing. We're going to talk to um, a local reporter up in the San Francisco area about um, what we can do to help and what they are facing up there. In the meantime, we want to welcome Ryan Gudurski to the program. He's a contributor at the Washington Examiner. And we're talking about uh, Donald Trump's, mm, what should we call it? Um, his, his, new, statement. his statement, <laughs> basically relinquishing Saudi Arabia um, off the hook for murdering one of their citizens, Jamal Khashoggi, of course, the journalist. Um, he is now facing, of course, immense amounts of criticism, not only by Democrats, but even by some in his own party who say this was really y- y- the worst thing he could have done, that it was a new low in his um, administration. What say you, Ryan? Well, I wouldn't say it's a new low. I mean, every time Trump says something that someone doesn't like, they say it's a new low. But I think that um, I think that. M- my problem with it wasn't so much of the fact that, look, we're not going to do anything about Khashoggi because he wasn't an American citizen. I understand all that. What I don't really like is the fact that he it opens if you don't read if you haven't read the statement, it's on, it's on the White House website. It opens with blaming Iran. Uh, basically, it just says, look, there's Iran so much worse than <laughs> Saudi Arabia. Yeah, it opens up. It opens up with. The world's a dangerous place is literally the first sentence and then says Iran is doing X, Y and Z. Um, right. it, like there that they I, there's so many historical inaccuracies. I I would I would put money down that John Bolton wrote this entire uh, response. I would honestly put money down because. It floats between, uh, you know, uh, hyper, uh, uh, like heavy rhetoric against Iran and factual inaccuracies against Iran that Iran is funneling this this massive uh, terrorism network right. so Saudi Arabia that um, that Iran is funneling the war in, so- in Syria. So and that Saudi, Saudi Arabia, Arabia is, you know, they wouldn't even be in Yemen if it wasn't for Iran. It's Iran's fault. <laughs> I mean, the only reason I would say Bolton isn't the the author of this is because there's too many exclamation points. And that is that <laughs> is a hallmark a of our president. When somebody writes that many exclamation points, no, Trump clearly didn't write this because you know no president writes right. their own statements. But um, I would guarantee, I would place a very, very, very heavy bet that um, John Bolton had had his hands work all over this. And it comes at a time during our presidency where we've had several war hawks leave the White House. So it's very unusual. You know, my, the argument of like, you know, should we have punished Saudi Arabia for Khashoggi? There is a fear in the international community that if we punish Saudi Arabia, they'll be closer to China and Russia. And I understand that fear. 
and he wasn't an American citizen, so I understand that. But using the rhetoric of America first, and, and this is an hour for special interest, and Iran, 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 that's nonsense. Like, that is complete nonsense and totally insane. And, uh, you know, that comes from the fact that Trump has several people in this White House who don't know what America yeah. first is about at all. So um, he he's done two things in this statement that he put out. He basically says... Um, he calls Saudi Arabia a, quote, spectacular ally. He reminds us all that we have a $450 billion military deal with them that is creating jobs here in America. Um, and he, he also discredits his own intelligence agencies by, you know, because he keeps saying, oh, we, we may never know. Well, we do know. The CIA has told you that this the crown prince is responsible for his death. Um, and, and that's where I wonder... Is this in America's best interest? Because basically he has put commercial interests over human rights interests. And I know we don't want to believe that a country like America would do that, but maybe it is in our best interest. I don't know. You know, here's the, I mean, it's it's such a hard thing to sit there and, and to say because there are so many chess pieces. You know, do we alienate Saudi Arabia? Would that benefit us in the long haul if they became closer to Russia and to China um, the way a lot of places in the world are? Uh, probably not. You know, is Khashoggi's death really worth that? Probably not. And I'm just speaking as a as a as a long term game. However, just to sit there and say that they're this mar- amazing ally when they when what was it uh, nine of the eleven hijackers from nine eleven came from Saudi Arabia when they when Osama bin Laden yeah. came from Saudi yeah. Arabia then when they that was all very shady. How yeah, you know, Osama yeah, bin Laden's family yeah, really. was whisked away out of the country when all airports were closed after 9-11. Right. It's it's just a little suspect. And um, so he could have he could have had a statement saying, you know, that that he's responsible for this death. And but, you know, it doesn't warrant an international response that there are bad people all over the world that we deal with. And and that would have been completely understandable, in my opinion. But to throw in this like flowery rhetoric of how wonderful the Saudis are is it's right. insane. I mean, that doesn't I mean, it just that it, makes no sense whatsoever. Absolutely. Um, the other thing that this does is and I can only imagine it bursts open an investigation into Trump's finances, because now, you know, the Democrats are going to be on a hunt to figure out. Um, what, if any, money he's getting from Saudi Arabia. He said many times, I don't make deals with Saudi Arabia. I don't have any money from Saudi Arabia. I have nothing to do with Saudi Arabia. Um, That's what he said just now. But in the past, uh, back in August of 2015, his quote was, Saudi Arabia, I get along with all of them. They buy apartments from me. They spend 40 million, 50 million. Yeah, well, that might be, I mean, a Saudi Arabian prince might have an apartment in Trump hotel, but that might not be dealing with the Saudi Arabian government. I mean, that's, that's very, very uh, hard to connect. And I don't I really don't believe that's why he made this statement. I don't think it has to any of his personal finances. I think it has to do with I think it has to do with the, the I think it has to do with the Warhawks inside the West Wing right now who are finding a way we could attack Iran at any given time. I mean, the push to war with Iran is is nuts, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I think it's the dumbest thing we could possibly do. And I think it has more to do with the fact that they are on a hunt for to to launch a war with Iran more than anything. And we have a president who, you know, even by the New York Times standards from yesterday, says that he doesn't want us to be in Iraq and Afghanistan anymore and is trying to figure out a way out of it. 
So uh, I think that that's really the conflict here and not really personal finances. And I think, you know, Democrats can investigate whatever they want because now they have the gavels in the House. But I, I don't know if that's necessarily really where uh, this is coming from. So you don't believe any of his personal finances have anything to do with this decision. It's more about these amazing military contracts and because they're such a spectacular ally, exclamation point. Uh, Jeff Flake, a uh, common critic of the president, says this. Um, oh, sorry, I just lost his quote here. Um, he says that no... Um, great allies don't plot the murder of journalists, Mr. President. Great allies don't lure their own citizens into a trap and then kill them. Is he going to have a... Oh, Jeff Flake is such a (laughs) blowhard. I mean, come on now. Jeff Flake is such a freaking blowhard. Do you know how many countries in South and Central America we are allied with who kill citizens and and, and fund drug cartels? Yeah, but when it's this obvious and, you know, there's all the proof in the world, it's, it's... you know, it's tough to look the other way. It, 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 yes, and it is very tough to look the other way. Just like, you know, I mean, would, would we call, would we call uh, you know, Brazil, Brazil certainly doesn't have the best standards when it comes to, to uh, defending the press, and, and, and several other countries don't have good standards. And Turkey certainly doesn't have good standards, and yet we, we, you know, turn a blind eye constantly. There are a lot of people who criticize actions that Israel takes on certain things that we turn a blind eye to. And the point is, and this is the point of really, and I'm quote unquote, America first foreign policy is that we are the defenders of liberty at home and not going around the world to seek monsters to destroy. Yeah, it's as we shouldn't we should sit there and have a cordial relationship with everybody willing to do business with everybody. But at the same time. To write this flowery thing, and and, and I think the reason, the, the fact that they opened is the signal with Iran, Iran, Iran. Is he writing that Iran it, stuff for Saudi Arabia's benefit? Um, I think that no, because of this proxy war going on. I think it's to the benefit of the people inside the White House who want to go to war with Iran. I do, I do, I truly believe John Bolton and the, the remaining war hawks inside the White House sat there. And said, if we go to war with Iran, Saudi Arabia will be our only ally in the Middle East besides Israel, who would who would fight with us. And let's get a let's figure out what we can't we can't lose them. So it's Iran, 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 and that's the way it comes across. It comes across like some you know like these you know people who've never served in the military, these boomer generals who you know watch who 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 played the game of risk way too much who are sitting there and saying to themselves oh how do we figure out the next country to invade it's very dangerous and it's very very sick and it's gross and i i just don't i i understand not wanting to punish saudi arabia because you don't want them to become closer to china or russia i completely get that just don't attach this imagery that they are this great wonderful ally when they are state sponsors of, of terrorism worldwide and and you know horrible human rights right record yeah they're they're i mean i mean come on now <laughs> no one there's no there's no celebrity who hates trump who says i'm gonna move you know trump wins re-election i'm moving to saudi arabia they all pick canada for a reason like <laughs> no one wants to be in saudi arabia Correct. Uh, we're talking to Ryan Gadurski, contributor at the Washington Examiner, but we also want to take your calls 1-800-222-5222. If you want to give us a call and, and tell us what you think, is Trump acting in the best interests of America or himself? Um, or is this uh, the downfall of uh, our society as we know it?
if you if you look online, that's basically the rhetoric. Um, Ryan, <clears throat> the other thing I wanted to ask you is he's going to have to face the crown prince uh, coming up. What is it later this month in Buenos Aires? There's a group of 20 right. summit. Um, is is this kind of just going to make, you know, conversation less awkward? Well, he has to set me with Putin as well, and I think that's going to be probably the more important conversation to have. No, I don't. I don't necessarily know if this is. um, You know, I'm sure that I'm sure Trump thinks on a very baseline level of uh, you know more money for the country is good, um, and Iran is bad, and so this makes sense. I think that the the people who are calculating it in the background. you know, still have, there are a lot of people in the foreign policy community who still, and they're not necessarily even old people, there are a lot of young people who still are living in a Cold War mentality of Russia is the great evil in the world mm-hmm. and America is the great good and we're a perpetual war forever and ever and ever. Remember what happened to Mitt Romney when he dared bring that up during his presidential run? Oh, they mocked him for it, but oh, they- he was wrong. He was well, he wasn't. He, he wasn't. I mean, he, he, they're not the superpower anymore by any stretch not, that they once were. They're a regional but, power. They're a regional but they are a threat. Who, yes, but no. I mean, China is far eclipsed them. India will far eclipse them in the near future. Not what they're hacking. I mean, the Russians are right up there with the Chinese. Yeah, they're hacking. Okay, that's great. But, I mean, they're, they're a nation of 150 million people who have no major both population or economic growth whatsoever, who have their own deals with terrorism from the southern parts of uh, and the Caucasus, and uh, who have had the same leadership for the last 20 years. But they're not, they're, uh, they're certainly Russia is not a great booming power that you could see lead the world into the 21st century. And they are, they're trying to hold on to whatever influence they have, but, uh, you know, to 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 imagine that that China, who you know is colonizing Africa and the Middle East and has investments now in South America and is keeping the North Korean dictator um, you know standing on his feet, is not a bigger threat than Russia is, is is insane. But that's that is the boomer mentality of people who are still believing we're in a cold war. I don't believe that. I don't believe Russia. I believe that it really, honestly, if we wanted to, we could get to a closer uh, alliance with Russia than, than we have currently. I don't think that, that Putin is planning on invading Estonia and Lithuania and, and, and recreating the new, the new Soviet Union. I just don't see how that's, how that's actually possible at this point. I mean, it's an older dying society that, you know, that loses more people every year than are born. Wow, so I, really I, not doing much for their tourism bureau. <laughs> old, that our story old dying. I, mean, I don't know. <laughs> also, don't forget the bitter cold. <laughs> yes, exactly. I mean, they're great at Winter Olympics, but after that, I, mean, I don't really know where they're going. As far right. as, as far as uh, Ryan Gerdersky, contributor at Washington Examiner. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. It's always uh, enlightening. I appreciate it. Thank you. Take care. Have a great Thanksgiving. You're listening to Midday Live with me, Lauren Savon. Dr. Drew will be back in tomorrow, but we have much more coming up on today's show. This is Midday Live. KABC has dependable traffic when you need it the most. Sponsored by Monarch Beach Resort in Dana Point. Northbound side of the 5 at around the 210. Been working on an accident here with a carpool and two left lanes blocked. At now backing up toward Terrabella. And also on the eastbound side of the 60, right around Atlantic. Also clearing an accident here. And that a few minutes ago in the second lane from the left. 
Delays now right out of East L.A. toward Peck Road. Southbound 405 head around Cherry Avenue into Long Beach. Middle lane block with an accident. Delays here from El Segundo. Westbound 91 at Euclid. Crash here in the right lane. And delays leaving the 57 and West 91 McKinley. Road work on the right shoulder. And that now backing up toward Adams. So be careful. Tis the season to visit TripAdvisor's number one rated Monarch Beach Resort. Enjoy a private beach club, luxury spa, ocean view dining, and much more. Book during this week's cyber sale to receive 50% off your vacation details at monarchbeachresort.com. That's monarchbeachresort.com. I'm Rhonda Kramer, Talk Radio 790 KABC. Welcome back to Midday Live. 1-800-222-5222 is the number to call in and share your thoughts. And I would like you to share your thoughts with me on what we think of Ivanka Trump. As you know, Ivanka Trump sent hundreds of emails using her personal email to White House officials. And now the president has come out to defend his daughter. He says, um, look, she never hid anything. She never deleted anything like crooked Hillary. So is she just as bad as Hillary? Is she not as bad? Is this a totally different situation? I want to hear your thoughts. 1-800-222-5222. According to the Washington Post, Ivanka Trump, who serves as senior advisor to the president, violated federal records rules by sending hundreds of emails to government officials on her personal email in 2017. The federal records rules means there has to be an electronic record of every email sent if you're a White House um, official. You know, she has a high security clearance. And if she uses her personal email, there is no record of it. Um, but Trump said, look, it's nothing compared to Hillary. She didn't try to delete them. She didn't try and hide them. But it, it's tough for him to defend because, of course, he started the chant, lock her up over these emails and how atrocious he was. She used the emails. Now, of course, there's big differences between Hillary Clinton using her emails and Ivanka Trump. Um, one, Hillary Clinton put a special server in her home just to send emails to evade um, the White House protocol. So she kind of knew what she was doing. Number two, she did delete or hide several emails that um, had to be subpoenaed. Number three, she said that they were only emails in dealing with um, family organizing and scheduling and how to plan her daughter's wedding, etc. And that turned out to be false. She was sharing classified information in her emails. Um, We don't know what. Ivanka Trump was using her emails for. We were told that it's a lot of family scheduling and stuff like that. Uh, We were told there's no classified information that she sent on her own email, but we don't know. What do you think? 1-800-222-5222 is the number. Is Ivanka's personal email scandal to the level of Hillary's? Should we lock her up? By the way, the president didn't say anything like um, he's going to take away her security clearance or, I don't know, tap her on the wrist. He just said, hey, no, it's it's nothing like Hillary Clinton, and uh, that's the story. And then he jumped on his jet to head off to Thanksgiving at Mar-a-Lago uh, with um, – I, I assume it won't be awkward because I don't think he really thinks that she did anything wrong uh, as far as whether anybody else thinks – it rises to the level of Hillary. That's remains to be seen. You're listening to Midday Live with me, Lauren Savon. Uh, 
More to come right after this. Midday Live. KABC News, live and local at 2.30. I'm Liz Warner. Officials are saying they have about 97% containment on the Woolsey Fire, and they're hoping to get it under control by Thanksgiving. The campfire in Northern California is now, they're saying, 70% contained. At the White House today, the president conducted the annual turkey pardon, and while doing so, he remembered first responders and others affected by the fires here. As we pause to give thanks for all of the blessings that we've been bestowed, it really has been blessing after blessing after blessing. We're all very thankful. And we also pray for those in need, especially our fellow citizens impacted by the devastating wildfires in California, where I just came back. I've never seen anything like it. Probably nobody has. People across the state are thanking first responders themselves for risking their lives to save others' lives. Tavern owner Marco Gonzalez says he's extremely thankful for what they do. There's no words, really. It's, you know, it's, it brings tears to my eyes. It's just unbelievable what they do. Cal Fire Captain Joe Chavez says it's a different feeling when you lose your own home as a firefighter. I've always been on this side for 20 years on the fire department watching other people's homes burn down. But when it's your home and you have to actually deal with that emotion, it's a different side. Embattled L.A. City Councilman Jose Huizar made his first public appearance after a series of FBI raids at his offices and home nearly two weeks ago. The councilman reportedly entered the chambers without speaking to other council members. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo is defending America's ongoing alliance with Saudi Arabia after reports that the government was behind the killing of journalist Jamal Khashoggi. It's a mean, nasty world out there. The Middle East in particular. There are important American interests to keep the American people safe. Pompeo called Saudi Arabia a strong partner in the volatile Middle East. NASA has just announced it's ordered an exhaustive safety review of Hawthorne-based SpaceX and Boeing. The two companies it has contracted with to fly astronauts to the International Space Station, possibly in response to recent behavior by SpaceX founder Elon Musk. Those in our, a new report by Inrix warns that Thanksgiving traffic will increase this evening, especially for those headed to LAX. They predict the average travel time from downtown LA to the airport could exceed an hour at that time. Talk Radio 790 KABC Sports. The Rams outdid the Chiefs 54 to 51 in what is the highest scoring Monday night football game ever. The Clippers beat the Hawks. The Kings beat the Blues. The Kings host Colorado tomorrow. The Ducks host Vancouver tomorrow. That's sports, traffic, weather, and more. Dr. Drew Midday Live next. KBC News Time, 2.32. KBC has dependable traffic when you need it the most. Northbound side of the 5, headed to 210. We're working on a crash carpool two left blocked, and that now backing up toward Osborne. Westbound side of the 101 Havenhurst, also working with an accident that a few minutes ago was still blocking the middle lane and eastbound side of the 60 freeway and around Atlantic are working on an accident here backing up into East L.A. It will stay busy most of the way out toward Peck Road and 405 freeway south at Cherry clearing an accident. Three rider blocked here. I'm Rhonda Kramer, Talk Radio 790 KABC. KABC Southland weather going to be sunny except for patchy low clouds and fog along some beaches high in the mid 60s to the lower 70s tonight partly cloudy in the evening when mostly cloudy lows in the mid to upper 50s 
672 in Van Nuys, 67 in Laguna Beach, 68 in downtown LA. KABC is easy to use. Get podcasts and live streaming programs at kabc.com. And in HD at 95.5 FM HD3. And of course, booming on 790 AM. I'm Liz Warner, KABC News. Now at Metro, buy a select Samsung Gallery or LG phone and get a second phone for free on a new line. Metro by T-Mobile. Plus sales tax and activation fee requires qualifying plan. Phone free after all instant rebates. Free phone or of lesser or equal value. See store for details and terms and conditions. KBC News is sponsored by T-Mobile. 790 KBC welcomes Chris Bodie to the Will Turn on January 26th. Be call number 7 now at 800-222-5222 and win a pair of tickets to see Chris Bodie at the Will Turn on January 26th. Tickets furnished by Live Nation. Welcome back to Midday Live. Lauren Savon here, flying solo today. Dr. Drew is working various other jobs as usual. Man, never takes a day off. And it's too bad because I almost died choking here. The one day I could have used a doctor. He'll be back tomorrow, though, not to worry. In the meantime, um, we're talking about um, the... the job that's really just beginning now to clean up after these fires, particularly the campfire where there's a homelessness problem looming with people that simply can't find enough shelter. Um, Sandra Furpo is joining us now. She is a news correspondent up in San Francisco. Sandra, welcome. Thank you, Lauren. So we got rain on the way, and now these uh, fire evacuees are bracing for relief that they hope will come soon, and many of them are finding themselves homeless. Absolutely. They're still, uh, many of them are still in tents. Uh, we have seen a lot of video, obviously, out of the uh, the Walmart parking lot, which has become a sort of a famous spot where people are uh, gathered. Up in Chico, um, yeah. And it's, and it's up in the Chico area, exactly. So they have opened um, the Butte County Fairgrounds and the Glen County Fairgrounds, and they're hoping that anyone who's still in tents will move there. This storm that's coming in, Certainly a lot of relief expected from it in terms of the smoky air that we're experiencing here in the San Francisco Bay Area, but also to give the fire crews a little bit a better handle, if you will, on containing this campfire, which is huge. They have about 70% containment now, and this rain should be able to help uh, bring that to uh, to a greater number. Do they have uh, have they given is, any uh, estimates of when they might when they might see full containment? End of the month. End of the, month. the current estimate, end of the month. So still, still a ways to go. Uh, but keep in mind, this is going to be a very wet, uh, very cold and windy storm. So not pleasant if you're going to be outside. No, uh, no. not not the type of not the type of thing you'd want to be camping out in. Right. Uh, so they really are hoping that they can move people uh, indoors. Uh, but it also brings a couple of other concerns, and and that is that now that there's no vegetation in this area. And you have to keep in mind, not just we're not just talking Paradise and Concow, but the car fire up in Redding a few mm-hmm. months ago. So any, any of these areas that have had recent wildfires, 
um, there is no vegetation to hold back the ground. Mudslides. And so now the worry, exactly, mudslides, debris slides, all that toxicity coming down with it, uh, flash floods. So there's a series of concerns that come with the relief that this rain is expected to bring. Folks up there in the San Francisco area are saying the air quality is as bad as you can imagine. Has it improved at all? <laughs> uh, well, we are. Um, I was out today in it quite a bit and, and wearing my N95 mask, which all of us are uh, has become fashionable, unfortunately, um, and it does does help quite a bit. We have nothing to complain about, as opposed to our neighbors in both um, Butte County and Ventura County down in your neck of the woods. Uh, but the air quality has been really, really bad. It got up to the. We have become experts down here at um, AQI, Air Quality Index. Yeah. Uh, so right now, I'm uh, I'm just south of San Francisco, near the San Francisco International Airport, and right now the AQI is about 159, which is still quite unhealthy. Um, it got up to the purple uh, area last week, which was really, really, really awful. Um, just below the highest level of bad. And we're hearing that, that can get. schools are having to close and, and other landmarks because of the AQI, because of the air quality? Exactly, exactly. Alcatraz remains closed. Um, much of the, um, the cable cars opened today after five days being closed. But the Golden Gate National Recreation Area, which oversees a lot of popular tourist sites, which includes uh, Alcatraz, Muir Woods, uh, the Point Bonita Lighthouse, all those are closed today. Wow. Um, so I should say continue to be closed yeah. today. So the, the, with the rain as a double-edged sword, on the one hand, it will help firefighters contain the fire, and it, it should improve air quality. But on the other, you have a bigger problem to worry about, all of you know the mudslides and uh, debris that could end up shifting mm -hmm. now. Um, f for these people that are that are outside, what is the immediate plan? Many of them say they... FEMA is not around and that they're they're given seven to 15 days to even hear back from FEMA. Who is in charge of figuring out the shelter situation? I wish I wish we could say there was one jurisdiction. Certainly uh, state and county uh, are the two jurisdictions. And now this is crossing, you know, various counties, because like I said, they've, they've not opened open. They've not only opened the Butte County Fairgrounds, but also the Glen County Fairgrounds, which is the adjacent county uh, up in the Orland area. Uh, now that, of course, transportation is another issue. How are we going to get all these people who may or may not have transportation cars left um, to a safe place? Do they want to go? They they have the choice. They don't. They are not forced to, to go. Right. Uh, but uh, the this particular situation is is untenable. Uh, they need to be safe. Mary, and we need to get them somewhere. Sandra, rather, do me a favor. Um, stay on the line here because I have a few more questions for you. Um, we're talking to Sandra Furpo. She's a news correspondent up in San Francisco. Uh, more right after this with Sandra. It's Midday Live. KBC has dependable traffic when you need it the most. And we are looking at this drive. It'll be a busy one for you on the northbound 5 at around the 210. That accident cleared a few minutes ago. It's busy, though, coming up from Osborne and also on the East 101 Coldwater Canyon. An accident here in Lanes delays from the 405. West 101 Havenhurst, another crash clearing from Lanes. Busy coming up from Van Nuys Boulevard. Eastbound 60 at Atlantic, another accident. Busy out of East LA to Peck and South 405 Cherry. Three rights still blocked with that crash. I'm Rhonda Kramer, Talk Radio 790 KABC. News. Talk. Evolved. 790 KABC.
Welcome back to Midday Live. We've been talking to Sandra Furpo, who is a news correspondent um, in the San Francisco area, about the fallout from this fire. And Sandra, we've been talking about how rain could hamper the search for victims in this wildfire, but it's also hampering the search for remains, I would assume, if the rains come and start, um, you know, mudslides and, and land starts moving around. And these poor people who are still waiting to hear from loved ones, you know, what are they being told? Well, precisely. The search crews have been under a bit of pressure trying to find if there is anything to be found uh, prior to the rains coming. Uh, we don't know what's going to happen after that, and that's that's all that people can be told. Uh, the crews are working uh, diligently at a very awful job, if you will, yeah, absolutely. Uh, trying to find what they can find uh, in order to give some people some closure. Uh, but as you know, the the number of missing keeps fluctuating. It's at about 699 now. Right. And that's because people, you know, either are, there's duplicates on the, on the list, people who don't know they're being searched for are on the list and they haven't checked in. That's why it's very important to have a, some form of checking in or, or being diligent about checking in should you ever be the victim of any type of emergency like this. And where do you check in? Way of I mean, in. do you call the Butte County officials? <laughs> do you, I mean, I, I wouldn't know exactly. where to and go. Then, and then because precisely, there's a lot of different ways people are checking in. Uh, maybe they're checking in with one agency and the word is not getting to all of the agencies, uh, a lot of jurisdictions. And as you can imagine, it's a very chaotic, very fluctuating situation. Uh, it's constantly in flux in terms of both fighting the fire, handling the evacuees, uh, helping them. Um, now they have the uh, Disaster Recovery Center, so all of them are checking in through that, which actually hopefully will help funnel everyone in so that they can finally get an, act, uh, an actual count. Right. But, but so far there hasn't been one main database that they're all using to, no. to come up with these numbers. That's terrifying. No. Um, I mean... Because exactly, people keep checking in and keep reporting someone missing, and that person may be fine. But right. you know, if but if, if they didn't Sally doesn't know that, post and it on Facebook, missing, yeah, you know, exactly, exactly. Yeah, um, they're also waiting to hear. You know, for the folks that didn't evacuate, and many of them are included in the missing, and and maybe we don't know. Maybe they evacuated last minute. Maybe they don't have their phones on them. I mean, um, there's just a, a variety sure. of things that could have happened. Um, what what are you hearing as far as um, if they have the fire completely contained by the end of the week? What are you hearing as far as uh, repopulating those areas that have been ravaged? And are they able to repopulate? I mean, if you were evacuated, is it most likely that your town's gone? Well, the town of Paradise is mostly gone. Yeah. There's very little, if anything, left. And you have to realize that's also we're talking infrastructure, pipes underground that have burned the water table may be uh, hazardous. Contaminated. Uh, you know, exactly. So there's a lot of different things that have to be studied over the course of time, bringing in a lot of direct experts. But until we have this fire uh, fully contained, and that's not out, we're talking just fully contained, um, then people can, first of all, they're, they're being let in in a few very select areas. Uh, residents are being let back into their neighborhood. Mm -hmm. And right. to see what they can find. Sandra, but Sandra, they can't, you know. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. We're just under the clock here. We have a break coming up. Sandra yeah. Furpo, where can people find you if they, um, are you on Twitter or any of the other various social media outlets? <laughs> Thank you. At Furpo Fanatic. 
Furpo Fanatic. Perfect. At Furpo Fanatic. <laughs> Sandra Furpo, thank you so much for this update. A lot of information there. We appreciate it. You're listening to Midday Live. News. I like the way that they report the news. Talk. They're honest critics. Evolve. It's pretty thought-provoking and funny as hell. <laughs> 790. 90. abc Welcome back to Midday Live. Lauren Savon here, flying solo today with Dr. Drew Off, taping some TV and helping people, as he likes to do. He will be back here tomorrow, not to worry. Uh, in the meantime, my producer handed me what can only be described as a bizarro story, and of course it takes place in China. If you think our uh, abortion situation here in the U.S., our abortion laws are perhaps barbaric or antiquated or whatever your feeling is on the issue, just take a little listen to what's going on in China. Female employees at a Chinese company have been told to abort their babies or face punishment if they get pregnant without their boss's approval. You thought we have it tough to get your boss's approval to issue birth control through your employment health insurance? This is a whole different level. This is a, the company is a firm, it's a bank, and it requires all female workers to submit an application every January to be permitted to conceive in the same year. If they get pregnant without permission, they have to choose between a medical abortion or penalties. Wow. Uh, that's that's China for you. <clears throat> Can you imagine having to plan out your pregnancies and know a year in advance in order to submit an application to be pregnant in January? Or having the awkward conversation with your boss about when would be a perfect time to conceive? Um, just some of the most intimate information. It's not fun being a girl, ladies and gentlemen. And if you live in China, oh boy, even less fun. Well, we should all be thankful this year. Just one more thing to be thankful for at the holiday dinner when you share food with your family and things get a little testy when talking about President Trump. Bring up this story. <laughs> since, since the reaction. It's uh, sure to be a crowd pleaser. Not to worry, Dr. Drew will be back tomorrow where we will talk all things Thanksgiving and we'll also get his take on all the stories we talked about without him here today. And um, for the uh, holiday, we wish you all the best. I say um, skip the salad. There's no reason for salad at a Thanksgiving Day feast, particularly with this E. coli uh, spreading on all romaine lettuce. And if you're eating romaine... During Thanksgiving, you're probably not at a very good holiday dinner to begin with. So enjoy all the holidays. When Dr. Drew comes back, we're going to talk about everything else. And uh, you also send us your tweets. I'm sure anyone has plenty of uh, criticism for me today, particularly the fact that I had such a coughing fit earlier. I almost died on the air. How ironic if I lost my life the one day the doctor is out. Oh, that would have been too good. I'm Lauren Savon. He's Dr. Drew. Thank you so much for listening, for calling in. We want you all to enjoy your holiday. Uh, peace be with you this Thanksgiving. That's it for us here on Midday Live. Oh, I'm sorry. I wrapped it up a bit too fast. <laughs> I must be in a rush to get the heck out of here. Um, 
I, I apologize to you. I apologize to our listeners. And um, if you want to hear something on the show that you don't, if you have a topic that you want to discuss fully, send it to us. Just send me a tweet. And if it's something important that you feel strongly about, send me your opinion along with that tweet. I do read them all. I don't get a chance to write back to everybody, but I do read all of your messages on there, the good and the bad. Some of you really hate the sound of my voice, but some of you are really nice and supportive. All are welcome here. We don't weed those out who criticize. Uh, Everything is welcome here on Midday Live. Now, for real, I'm going to go, guys. I'm hanging up. It's time to go. Take care. This has been Midday Live.